Hello, popsters. This week, we are talking Ryan Murphy's American Crime Story Impeachment. This is the third version of this anthology series. Um, he's also covered O.J. Simpson and the Versace murder. And so now we will be focusing on the good old fun 90s and the Bill Clinton sex scandal. And um, this series promises to really look through the perspective, look kind of back through the perspective of the women that this impacted. Um, In retrospect, they were not, especially Monica Lewinsky, treated very fairly at the time. So, um, it should be interesting. It feels like I can't get off of Fuckboy Island, though, unfortunately, because we are talking Bill Clinton, the biggest fuckboy of them all. Let's face it. Um, I'm also going to be joined by first-time guest host, Anna Rose, who is an old friend and somewhat of a 90s nostalgia um, expert and nerd, which is great. Um, when this scandal hit, Anna was probably in junior high. I, I called her Anna, and it's Anna. I don't know why I keep on doing that. Um, <laughs> she was probably in junior high while I had just graduated from college. So we have two different perspectives on this. I mean, very similar, but we were in do- two different places as... Um, young women when this happened and I find it pretty interesting to hear our thoughts around it so without further ado and after this message um let's talk impeachment thanks popsters I have to admit you're a knockout you must be dating some big DC player I mean the ratio in this town is very favorable Tell me about him. Someone from work. Someone important. Um. I found myself in possession of some very sensitive information. Information of major national importance. Beyond imagining. Are you sure you have enough evidence? Hello, Popsters. As I said before, I am welcoming first-time guest, Anna Rose. Hello, Anna. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited. So, for a couple months, at least six months, I've been 
pretty jazzed about this Ryan Murphy treatment coming out. And um, I am guilty of watching just about every piece of the good, the bad, and the ugly with Ryan Murphy. How about you? Pretty much. Um, Glee has not been one of my favorites. <laughs> I've kind of gone in and out with that one and, you know, when they do a Fleetwood Mac episode maybe. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a Ryan Murphy fan. Yeah. And mostly because it's – I always tell people – when it comes to these, um, this American crime story series, he bases more of it. He he doesn't lose sight of the story as much as if it's if it is any of his American horror story. Forget it. By the fourth episode, we've added way too many characters, and the plots make no sense. It's jumped the shark a couple of times at that point in American right. Horror Story. And it's still, it'll still suck you in because there's twists galore. But his crime installments have been great. The O.J. Simpson yes. one has, it's stuck pretty much to the script as it happened, for mm-hmm. better or worse. He did a great job with that. Casting was great. Um, so I'm really excited to see how this one plays out. Yeah. And I like the Versace one. Yes, I, I thought, forgot about that. Yeah, the Darren Chris, Darren Chris was great in that. That got real dark a couple of times, but that actually all did happen. Yeah, and Darren but Chris was fantastic. Yeah, it is pretty dark, and they cast a half Filipino actor, which mm-hmm. I was proud of because yeah. um, Andrew Kananen, the serial killer, was half Filipino, mm-hmm. and he looked a lot like him. He really did. He but he really did that did. really good job of. Um, being the chameleon because that was the thing about that character was that he could look just with glasses and a shorter haircut or a longer haircut look so different and I was like I don't know if Darren Chris who's really more of a song and dance kind of man and comedy like if he has the that dark side, that, that psychopath in him. did. He did. <laughs> so good, good for him. I hope he can put it back in the bottle for the good of humanity. Yeah, so. I, I, I do too. I do too. <laughs> He's So Darren Chris, just to go off on a little aside, I used to love him, love him, because he, um, when he went to the University of Michigan, and this is what really became, this is what really drew fame to him, him and his musical theater class, they created the Harry Potter musicals. The Harry Potter. They wrote. Did they really? Yeah, he played Harry Potter. Wow. They're hysterical. They're on YouTube. Um, and they're absolutely hysterical. If you follow and if you've read Harry Potter, they're some of the funny. It's some of the funniest songs ever. But from there, he was plucked out of. Plucked in there for glee and everything. And he oh. was. He was recording and writing his own music yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, things like that. But he was part of that musical theater wow. program. From but Harry Potter to the Ryan Murphy universe. Correct. Wow. From <laughs> just a little little interesting. But he's been accused and my friend Michael Minocchio who's on this does not like him at all because apparently he screwed over <laughs> one of Mike's friends. <laughs> I always have to bring that up for you, Mike. Because every time he's mentioned, you go, ugh. <laughs> So apparently the woman that he is with now, that he's married to now, that he always acts like he's been in a strong, long relationship with, it was much more open back in the day. And he was fuckboying some some ladies in Chicago, so to speak. Well, I mean, 
I guess that's to be expected. It's absolutely to be expected. Yeah. I, I, I'm not <laughs> shocked by this. But now his latest thing is the the gay community is always accusing him of queer baiting. They're like... I can see that. Yeah, and I'm like, well, he played that gay character on Glee, and I don't think he ever... Yeah. See, let I, I go. Don't, maybe this is just my ignorance, but I always thought he was gay. Right. But I think that was his... His, his shtick. His excellence yeah. at queer baiting. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and probably being told by his agent, there's no need for you to, you know explain any more about your sexuality yeah if i'm an agent and it's up in the air i'm going to well be you but i would also like you to appeal to as many people as possible i'm sorry that's your job yeah i mean that's how you advertise yourself i guess right i mean god bless you jojo siwa coming out gay is i think she's she's coming out as queer but i think she's definitely lesbian I don't see Joe Jessie. Well, she did come out as queer. I thought she was. I thought she was gay or les. I thought she came out. Maybe as it's le- maybe she did come out as lesbian. Yeah, I, she's very happy with this that girlfriend. But goddamn that ponytail! How does your head not hurt? It just makes my head hurt looking at how tight that ponytail is. So the woman who cuts my hair over at the studio in Ohio City, and I'm Hor- Lauren. Hello, Lauren. Um, <laughs> she's wonderful. She's wonderful. We were talking about that ponytail Mm -hmm. because she said the big concern is she's like, we, uh, you know, this happens with ballet dancers. Because when I used to work for a ballet company, I worked with a lot of girls that when they wore their hair down, and it was years and years of pulling it back so tight, you could see the thinness. In the front. It's like, but it was, I mean, thin. To the point, I'm like, oh my, that's the damage of years and years of pushing that back and, like, not take, you know, I mean, I I don't know what you do. No matter what, your hair on top of your head is always going to be, it's always going to thin first. But um, she was, my, the stylist was telling me that there's just so much breakage with keeping it back like that, that it just doesn't. It doesn't come back. Doesn't come back. And she's like, she's so young. And I, nobody knows really what she looks like because she's been dressing like a 10-year-old. Yeah, I I remember there was some controversy that she wore her hair down and people <laughs> freaked out. So she went back to the ponytail. And I'm like... I mean... I was like, I, I guess I didn't understand it because I don't really know why she's famous or what she does. I just somehow learned about her. She was famous because she was on, like... But it wasn't even the first couple seasons. It was maybe the fourth or fifth season of Dance Moms. Um, She's one of those proteges dance mom children. Got it. Okay. You know, not a Maggie, Maddie goddamn Ziegler (laughs) that Sia has a weird relationship with. Not her. But she, um, and she came out of this. And I'm sure it was because of the exposure on Dance Moms. But she, I think she, I think she has a recording contract. Can she sing? I mean... Does it matter? Does does it matter? <laughs> I mean, is it created in a lab? Yes. Yes. But did, did she have like a show or was this all YouTube or... She she had a lot of partnerships with Lisa Frank. 
I can see that. <laughs> I saw her at Justice a lot. Not physically, but I saw like stand-ups of her. I think that's how I kind of learned about her. She was just always in the periphery. And then suddenly I like learned what her name was and that she wore a ponytail. And I'm like... And not just ponytail, but it does look like a Lisa Frank brand has vomited on her. It's yeah, just... Yeah, it's a lot of fluorescent colors and prints and just glitter and over the top I would have killed to dress like that when I was 10 so would I yeah but even to this day like I, I feel like I'm too old for it and I'm definitely showing my age not knowing who she is but I just look at her like that would be kind of fun just to have like a manic day and just go for it yeah I mean we should have Jojo Siwa day just wear her hair in big side ponytails large bows casual Jojo Friday <laughs> Well, she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. So here, you may not know that every one of my podcasts, usually if I have a guest, we always we're, we always go off. We're, we still have not talked about what we're here to talk about. And I realize <laughs> we are here to talk about um, American Crime Story impeachment. We started down that path. We started, then. but that's what happens. <laughs> because shit is happening in the world and we have to talk about it. And this, it's all connected. It's all connected. But... um. So, by the time this comes out, this will be coming out, um, no, I do not record on the same day. It'll be coming out on Tuesday, and y'all will be able to watch the second episode of Impeachment. If you have not, hopefully this will get you to watch the first, and then you can start watching it, because it is on on Tuesdays on FX. At 10. At 10. Way past my bedtime, so I watch on Wednesdays. Yeah, but, you know, they love 10 o'clock because at 10 o'clock you can say fuck now. Is that the rule? At least a couple times. <laughs> I, think, I think you have, there's like a three fuck maximum. It was an something. NYPD Blue was the one who started it. With the butts. With the butts. Yeah. But they also. Didn't they say like shit? They said shit. And that was, a, I remember that was a very big deal because I always had to go to bed so my parents could watch this, this program. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I've seen a butt before, and I know what this word is. And I know, and it's and it's Dennis Franz's ass, by the way. I'm not even remotely interested <laughs> in it. <laughs> if you don't know who Dennis Franz is, please look him up. You'll understand what I'm talking about, but you saw a lot of his ass. He's a great actor. Couldn't have been Jimmy Smith's, though. No. No. It Wasn't Jimmy Smith? Yeah. Had Dennis Franz. <laughs> or it could have been that redhead. What was that redhead's name? Oh. He was a... He ended up on CSI, yeah. taking on the sunglasses, taking off the... Yes. I can't think of his name. <laughs> That's what... Because I had to go to bed at 10 o'clock. Yeah, he was... Um, God damn it. One of us will have to Google it before Yeah, this, this is going <laughs> to... Should I just Google it? Look it up. It's going to drive me crazy. He was also in the movie with... He was in Jade with... Um, and he was also in a Nicolas Cage movie. I hate that I know this. Uh, but he's known really for CSI. Because he went on CSI when he couldn't make it big in the... David Caruso. David fucking Caruso. <laughs> How did we not know that? I don't know. But his bare ass was all over NYPD Blow, too. Oh, my God. It was him and Dennis Franz. But not Jimmy Smits. But not Jimmy Smits. <laughs> was that in his contract, do you think? Probably not. I, probably not. God. But there's Dennis Franz, whole ass in it, all over yes. all over Channel 5. I think it was Channel 5. <laughs> With him and Gail O'Grady or Sharon Lawrence. <laughs> These are some very 90s names. Yeah, well, this is kind of a good lead into <laughs> <laughs> Some 90s nostalgia. Okay, so 
obviously this Ameri- this crime story version is revolving around the very specific time. There was very few years during the Clinton, eight years of the Clinton administration that there wasn't some type of controversy going on. There was controversy with him coming in. There was controversy after he left. Mm-hmm. But probably the most famous of the many scandals, because um, there wasn't just one sex scandal. And mind you, this series is going to focus on a few of the sex scandals. Right. But with the main focus being the Monica Lewinsky sex scandal. What do you remember? How old were you? Were you like 14? I was born in 83. So I was probably like 14, 15-ish. And I remember not a whole lot. But I remember I was supposed to hate Monica. Right. I remember that she was trying to disassemble the country systematically (laughs) because she seduced the president. And that's all I remember. I remember I wasn't supposed to like her. I remember, um, because I grew up in a a Democratic household. Mm -hmm. My parents liked Clinton. I did too for, you know, because of living in my parents' house. Um, But I remember that I was not supposed to like her and I I was supposed to hope that Clinton was not going to be removed from office. And I remember wondering why this was such a big deal because it had nothing to do with anything going on in the country at that point. It was just some sort of like moral panic that was latched onto for whatever the reason. Right. And I remember in school, we watched the teacher stopped everything and we watched um, the impeachment proceedings on television at school. Oh, wow. Whatever grade I was in when you're like 13, 14, 7th grade maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 7th grade I would be 13-ish. But yeah, um, my social studies teachers were all about it. And that's how I learned how the impeachment process works. And that's why I was so well equipped to understand what was happening twice with our former president. Um, right. What do you remember about it? Well, I was older. Clinton was actually the first president. He was the first person I <laughs> voted for. Um, because I was, I remember that. And that was exciting. And I remember um, being very drawn in by Bill Clinton early on. And I was like, he's so enigmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would go on um, when I went to college um, it was right before the campaign trail. So when I went to college, not only did I see Hillary and meet Hillary, but I did meet Bill Clinton. Now, mind you, I met these people when I was in a room with 40 other people. You know, they're walking yeah. around glad-handing. Right. Hillary Clinton was wearing an OU Bobcat jacket. It was all... Pandering. Pandering, pandering, yeah. pandering. We had the college Republicans there screaming. We had the libertarians there screaming. We had the... Everybody was yelling. It was great. <laughs> it was so exciting. And I just got to college. So it was um, it was pretty exciting. And I remember, I remember hearing the controversies early on um, from different people at school about the Clinton family, the controversies over some real estate, already some whisperings about um, Tricky Bill, Bill being what did they Slick, call Willie. Slick Willie. They weren't yeah. calling him Slick Willie yet, but um, 
And I said this to someone, I will tell you this about Bill Clinton. And I think this is something that is probably a true gift of celebrity and charisma. He is the type of person, it was impressive meeting. I didn't feel the same way about Hillary, but when Bill Clinton walked into the room, it was like the atmosphere changed. Yeah. The degrees in the room changed everything. That is how charismatic this person is. Right. I believe it. I remember that on TV. I remember like liking him. I was like, he plays saxophone. And <laughs> yes. He, they have a cat named Socks. Like, yes. They made a big deal about Socks. And I remember. The saxophone was huge. Yeah. Um, it even made it onto another bit of 90s nostalgia, Animaniacs. It was in their, their yes. theme song. <laughs> it was on Ar- Arsenio Hall, yes. 90s. Yes. Had him. He um, he was one of the first talk show hosts that had Bill on. Yes. Um, playing saxophone. Yeah, but it was just, you were just meant to like him. I mean, yeah. I, and I think that's why um, a lot of people didn't like him because it was so overt and it was so I didn't remember George Bush being that way I didn't because <laughs> he was not he was not none of the Bushes um I think W's most endearing times were sitting next to Michelle Obama and it's like well remember when he started that war that we still right. ended so that's fine um, well, now and now he draws. Now he paints pictures of veterans, I think, or immigrants. I can't figure figure out. Which. I don't know if he knows the difference. No, he does. so revisionist history. Yeah. I'm sure with <laughs> W. Yeah, but I just remember it like the Clintons being like, you know, my 14 year old political brain, which was really nothing. I didn't know anything about politics other than I was supposed to like Democrats, which I still do. I'm still a Democrat, but right. You know, just um, I remember my parents being happy that the Clintons were there and Mm -hmm. I remember them defending Bill and that I was just supposed to not like Monica and I remember not having not not being not supposed to be mad at like Linda Tripp for any of this either when she was she's been the linchpin in this right time see I were when this thing broke and this thing broke when I was right after I graduated from college, and you couldn't escape it. No, you still can't. You, you could not escape it. I was in my first real job, and that that this shows you how different times are. And I was in my first real post college job, and we, we had a pretty young workforce there. It was a it was a tech company, and I think the oldest person who worked there was probably, and he was the VP, probably about fifty two. Mm-hmm. And the president was 34. And we were, it is shit that would not happen today. We were openly talking about everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, people had copies of the Star Report. Yeah. That I was like, and people like were like sharing it and going, um, read line four. I'm like. It was basically like porn and print at the time. Because it was posted online and it was one of the first major things to ever be posted online. Because they could not print it fast enough. So they released it sight unseen to everybody. That was, I think it was Newt Gingrich was the maybe? <laughs> yes, Newt Gingrich, um, yes. They decided, Congress decided to not read it and just let it out to everybody in full transparency. But it just became even more salacious that this was all out there. And I think right. that kind of shaped maybe what the internet has become today. Because it's, I think, um, 
there's more mention of blowjobs in that report than the actual issue that they were going out hoping to get Clinton on, which was whitewater. Right. So to remind everyone, this quote unquote witch hunt was not, it had nothing really, it had nothing to do with his philandering ways, Mm -mm. with whatever happened with him sexually between him and Monica Lewinsky. It was because prior to him becoming the president of the United States, there was that pending Whitewater um, real estate case. That was sort of Ken Starr's white whale. They couldn't get on anything. So Ken Starr decided to retire and just be done with it. He got a job at like Pepperdine (laughs) or something. Hey, you. Sorry. Just Dexter saying hello to everyone. Well, he might be correcting me. Um, but he just kind of rode off into the sunset because they just couldn't get him on anything with Whitewater. They right. went through everything. And I think that might have been the first time that a, um, I know Hillary Clinton was called to testify in front of Congress about it. And I think that was the first time that um, a United States First Lady has been subpoenaed to testify in front of Congress. Wow. They got nothing on them. Everything. <laughs> I'm sure there was some shady shit going down. Like, absolutely it was was hidden well enough or done just under the bar of criminality that that's what yeah that's what i always felt like like yeah they absolutely the clintons know where the bar is and they know how to stay underneath it we're drinking some rosé wine just to let you guys know today is sponsored by cupcake sparkling rosé no it's not but if (laughs) cupcake would like to sponsor me please do so i drink enough of your stuff it is delightful it's great it's sparkling. It's it's still summer, by the way. I'm just reminding that to people. Um, Anna and I do not have children. We have dogs, which is preferable. And just because your fucking children are back at school does not mean summer is done. <laughs> I, I like to give that reminder every day. It, it's not. It's not. My basic fall bitch has been activated, and I do have mums <laughs> and pumpkins on my porch. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Fall is the superior season. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Halloween is the best holiday ever. ever. So that is fine. In fall, in um, if, if we get a fall in Cleveland. Is, I don't think we will. Thanks, climate change. It's <laughs> gorgeous. We're not going to get one, but we can at least have the accoutrement. We can pretend, yes. I have a little altar to the autumnal gods on my front Very porch, good. Nice. Very um, good. What were we talking about? Okay, this is, what, this is the problem when I start getting inter- <laughs> interrupting myself. So I always, yeah. The Whitewater, and again, the Whitewater case, and at the, at that time, both my parents were still voting Democrat. It's changed, but I'm not going to call out who has changed that because I don't understand it still to this day. But anyways, um, I remember talking with them about it, um, and I remember just talking about the whole situation with them about it. And, you know, my mother's hilarious because, you know. She, I mean, essentially, if my mother modeled her wedding after Jackie, Jackie Kennedy. That's, so, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hair, the dress, the gloves. So she's like, well, listen, the Republicans have always, always been fascinated with the salacious details of the sex lives of the Democrats. <laughs> and my dad's like, are you defending him? She's just like, I think it's exaggerated. So in our household and from my friends that tended to be more liberal-minded, mm-hmm. if not card-carrying Democrats, I thought it was exaggerated. I did think it was maybe, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, 
this person, this Ken Starr, is just, he, he's got a... He's out for blood. He's out for blood. I didn't really understand the whitewater. That mm-hmm. whitewater stuff was way over my head. And it had been going on too long. And it wasn't as sexy. No, it really wasn't. Up until a couple <laughs> months ago, I didn't understand the whitewater controversy. Right. And I, with the pandemic, I can't listen to NPR wall-to-wall anymore because I will go insane. I just can't listen to that much news. Right. So I've kind of done my own version of We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> have dug back into the t- life, life and times of the 90s, not just like the Friends reunion and whatever this Gen Z fashion is. And by the way, when they want to pluck their eyebrows, Gwen Stefani thin, and they can talk to me about 90s fashion. They can because I did that and I to this day. Mine has have still not recovered. Mine have not. Both Anna and I both have thin eyebrows that we have got to, we, we are, we have to fill these fuckers in. We were told I know we were. I know you were probably told by your mother. I was told by my mother. Don't. Don't do it. It's not 1922. My mom told me just don't pluck above the brow and you'll be fine. Thanks, mom. Thanks. Yours, yours are thin. They're not. They've come a long way, but I have. (laughs) I have invested exorbitant amounts of money in products to help my eyebrows look like they're actually there. Right. Oh yeah. The the eyebrow game. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. We are forewarning you guys who are becoming 90s nostalgic with... Don't pluck your eyebrows. With the mom jeans and the rediscovery of friends like it's a new thing. Please. Leave your eyebrows alone. Just leave them alone. I know. I know. You want your eyes to look bigger. But... Get some white eyeliner and put it on your tear line. That, that helps. And don't put <laughs> mascara on the bottom. That helps. But yeah, do not line the bottom. Use white. This is not a beauty podcast. <laughs> Just don't. We've been there. We're trying to tell you. <laughs> but anyways, um, with the recent resurgence of like 90s nostalgia, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of relearning about the things that I was around for and right. had heard about um, while I was growing up. And again, my own version of We Didn't Start the Fire, I've been relearning some of the Clintonian years through the the W years um, up through the early Obama years. And all of that just results in me texting my mom 10 times a day. Did you (laughs) fucking know about this? What the fuck was happening? Right. And she's like, oh yeah, I remember all that. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? So I've been going through like relearning about the Iraq war and the roots of what happened with 9-11 and all of the backstory with that. Um, so when I found some content articles, podcast things around the Clinton impeachment, I'm like, oh, this is a good place to start because this is kind of like where I remember, if you ask me about the nineties, this is one of the top three things that I'll talk about. So when I saw Ryan Murphy coming out with this, um, knowing how good the OJ Simpson Mm -hmm. case was, the, the version that he did, which, which is another thing that I will talk about for years on end. It's amazing. That O.J. Simpson American crime story is canon now. It's- David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian. Juice. <laughs> I can't look at him without saying juice, even during the Friends reunion. No, exactly, which I found him endearing during that. The casting was actually really good. Yeah. It was really good. Um but yeah, the when I saw that Ryan Murphy was doing this, I this was something that I had remembered throughout the months. I'd seen the trailers for it, 
And each time I got excited and then I would forget about it and so yeah. I'm going to get excited all over again. So when I was asked to come and talk about this, I'm like, I, this is probably what I've been practicing for for the last 18 months with all of this 90s. <laughs> this has led me to this point. I know. It was all not for nothing. I'm very excited because nobody around me will talk about the 90s with me anymore because it's just all I care to talk about. So I'm glad to have this out. <laughs> well, that's great. And um, I am fascinated that they've decided now to do this. And I realize that there is going to be tons of people that are younger than us that are really going to have their eyes opened of like this happened yeah like I mean, they've heard about it they they've heard these names yeah but and, i mean even beyonce referenced monica um so I, I feel like a lot of the people like the younger kids don't know where this came from and don't know why it was such a big deal especially going through the trump years with the stormy daniels right. stuff and all of Trump's history, especially with the Jeffrey Epstein ties and all of that, and everybody's just kind of like, okay, that's creepy. But I, I feel like those of us who lived through the Clinton years are just sort of like, I mean, that's different. yeah. I wasn't as shocked. It believe me, it's repugnant. Everything with Jeffrey Epstein, his connections with some people like with Trumpy, and I just I just call him Trumpy. Um, I won't even say the name. I know. Voldemort to me. He is Voldemort. (laughs) But um, I I don't see him as a a person, really, I guess. So I just can infantilize him a little bit. Is that the word? Yeah. I think that's putting it lately. Yeah. But But, um, the whole... when When we were watching it the first time, so when you were, you know, 14, 13, 14, and I'm watching it in my early 20s, I um this was scandalous. It was It was scandalous. They um I couldn't believe I remember doing the math with my friend sitting beside me. We both graduated from OU. Went over to her house after work and we're just watching like it, you couldn't escape it. I'm sure we had on we might have had on like CNN or something like that, but it wouldn't have mattered. You could turn on any channel and you just kept on seeing Yeah. The video that they had, and they had some choice video because they had that video of Monica Lewinsky with the beret mm-hmm. at some rally that Bill Bill Clinton was at, oh, and them beret. hugging, yeah. and you saw her big smile, like she did stand out. She had this black hair, red lipstick, beautiful, like-, like a beautiful smile, red lipstick, had this cute beret on, and she lit up like a. She really did light up like a Christmas tree when she saw him, which doesn't mean anything that's an excitement of seeing Any, really, anyone I get that way when I see a plate of cheese right so like <laughs> let's be real but I mean but I mean you know the media is as it is and we're all consumers of it and but you know you can cut and paste just about anything and make it work that's how memes are so effective right. on social media and we've come to find out that they had already started their interlude I guess, so to speak. Entanglements. Entanglements. (laughs) After that video was taken. Mm -hmm. So, at this point in the Ryan Murphy series, it's a spoilers area, so go and watch the damn show and then come back at this point. I'm not going to tell you what time this is at. I feel like everybody knew what happened. Yeah, so I don't think this is really going to spoil it. 
But um, uh, the way we get opened up to this whole thing is really through the perspective of the, the yeah of the women, um, not just Linda Tripp, who is a almost like a lifetime. She's like a career executive assistant, um, administrative, yeah. uh, working in the White House, working in the... Um, she's just a lifer. She's a lifer. A lifer, civil servant, loves working in the White House, has worked in different administrations. I think her first administration was... Uh, at least before Bush. Was before Bush. Might have been Reagan. It could... Yeah, it could, I think it was Reagan. But it's very much her personality. Yes. That, that's what you come to know. And I don't know enough about Linda Tripp to know if that's actually how she was in real life. Um, but in <laughs> podcasts and articles and things, um, Sarah Paulson has nailed the, the bit of self-importance that yes. Linda Tripp has, the name dropping, and the um, bit of almost narcissism that she's got to mm-hmm. her. Um, and I don't, I mean, she did some terrible things. She really was, I, I still consider her the villain in all of this. And I don't like doing that to another right. woman. Um, and especially with how things go. Cause I know she hated, hated the Clintons. Right. Um, she really did. And any wrong move, if Hillary wore the wrong color of lipstick or if, you know, right. anything was out of place. It was just an automatic finger point to how they are. They're not a match. They don't fit. This is, you know, Arkansas. they bring. They bring nothing. They bring they, they, a bit of the Beverly Hillbillies yes, kind of thing. They you know? they bring shame to this office. I was under the elegance of the bush of of the bush years. So does nobody remember JFK? <laughs> I think I'm sorry. Right. Um, but yeah. So I. I am just really interested to see the story unfold through Linda's perspective. Um, I want to not hate her because I know a little bit about what she's doing now and she's actually remorseful for what she did. I know Monica doesn't want to hear it and I don't know if she's tried to reach out to her, but didn't she just pass on? I think she just died. She, she just died. 70, yeah. But she went to go live on a horse farm. Yeah. With her husband, they have like a year round, had a year round Christmas store or something like that. And they only spoke German to each other, which <laughs> it's so quaint, but it's, you Good know, God. I don't want to do that thing where like everybody thinks, George Bush is cute again because he got candy from Michelle Obama. Right. With Linda Tripp, you know, because she did some terrible things. Yeah. It's, and she was, you couldn't help, you couldn't help, and they showed it on the, on the series. You couldn't help but thinking, and she fought against this, and she's she's like, that's not the reason. She felt that she was um, demoted. Mm Mm-hmm. And pushed off of the island. You know, yeah. she was in the, she was in the circle of. The circle of trust of, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like the inner circle. And then she got essentially put out on a nice flow. Right. Kind of thing. Um, over the, over by the Department of Defense, I think, or the Pentagon? the Pentagon. She went and to the Pentagon. She met Monica. Yeah. But she just, I, I just think it was a personal vendetta that went too far. And I, if you ask me, I think she was just as much of a predator to Monica as Bill was. Oh, absolutely. The there's no way that 
the dynamic of the dynamic between just the ages experience and mm-hmm. the fact that she has this arsenal that she's been building up against the Clintons. Yes. She just needed that bit of gunpowder. And the way they portray this in the show, um, who I love this actress, Margot Martindale, um, is a literary agent who you see her meeting with her early on before she gets, I don't want to say demoted because I don't think that she, I think it was more of a spiritual demotion. I'm sure. It was like a lateral. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she was going from having, you know, the mahogany desk outside of the Oval Office, near the Oval Office. To cubicle health. To cubicle health. Um, And so prior to the time she was moved there, she meets with Margot Martindale and... She's like, well, you know, you're going to have to give us information. She's like, they're, she's thinking about doing a My Life in the White House. My yeah. Life working in the White House with more of a focus on some of those early Clinton years. Yeah. And she doesn't really, she doesn't, she's, it's clear that she's um, uncomfortable with disclosing too much. And putting herself out there too much. Her job is very important to her. Mm-hmm. She puts her importance, um, most of her importance, I would say, is portrayed as tied to this job. Well, her, yeah, her herself, yeah. Herself, her self-worth. So while she wants to tell this story or share some information, it's not there yet. Later on, you see her meeting with this literary agent. But it's, and she has even more ammunition because it's, when she's had that lateral move to the Pentagon mm-hmm. and uh, the char- the Margot Mar- Martindale characters, like uh, all the Clinton books are out. Like we, yeah. cause it's really the first four years, right? Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're talking kind of at the halfway mark. So it's like, listen, everybody's read and read mm-hmm. and the Clinton books out. It's kind of like you what had an else, opportunity. What, what else, else is, can you share? Yeah. And then she's like, well, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and she didn't, and that's what's interesting about it, because the way they portray it in the show, it's a happy accident for her that she... Yeah. Is that true, though? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I, um, I have a hard time believing that she did not know about... Because Monica was moved to this area as well. Because people were starting to notice... Um, she and Bill were getting closer and closer, and this because he's a sloppy fucking baby. He's real. He it's so teenager esque. Like all of this, like the right. And I'm sure they'll get into this with the show, but just how the the affair goes with Bill and Monica. Oh. It's so high school. It's just the gifts, and they've already alluded to it with like the leaves of grass and the handsome things. At one point, Monica will take out spoilers, but everybody who's lived it knows <laughs> she. Uh, look up the star report it's online someplace yes she took out like ads in the newspaper for valentine's day directed at him like she's just 22 being 22 who's got a crush on somebody that's a superstar that she has access to well she's and she's thinks she's in love with him she does and she she very much for all that we can say she's in love with him yeah um which is going to happen it's gonna like Think about when you were 22 and you liked somebody you weren't supposed to. 
you could justify everything. You and it's overpowering. It really is. And it, when you hear their voice or they seek you out, it's the most intoxicating thing in the world. And you right. only want more of that. And Clinton is so narcissistic <laughs> that it, it's just the perfect storm for the two of them. She's right. infatuated and he needs to be held up on this pedestal. Yes, yes. And, you know, where the two never shall meet is that she never really gains object permanence with him. Like, he forgets that she's alive. He, you know, it goes... Right. You know, this affair goes on. Like, it's it's hot and heavy for a couple of months, and then there's, like, a year of, like, nothing. And then it starts up again. So it's just this this cycle. And I know that everybody who's ever been 22 and in or out of love knows how this goes. It's just right. this is on a different scale. You've got somebody who's... <laughs> yes! To say the least... You've got the leader of the free world and then just an intern with stars in her eyes. And that's just a recipe for disaster. And then you've got somebody who's already got a vendetta with big old ears just looking for anything. Right. It just all and And she's very angry. And she did talk about this a lot in interviews. She's very angry because the person that she was assisting got the job that she was supposed to have or keep or something but then there was a person that she worked under that took his own life Mm -hmm. and um i forget i forget what his position was he was very high up but it was tied he was a a lawyer tied to the stress of whitewater lead counsel and he had depressive issues he didn't want to go back to arkansas um with this as being a failure right because he was going to quit or get fired or something and they, I don't know if it was a literary agent or Linda, but somebody was pushing like the Clinton conspiracy angle, you know, that right. they took him out, which that's been disproven and, right. you know, it's fine. And there were even rumors that, um, I can't think of the guy's name because Rose right now, but there were <laughs> rumors that he was romantically involved with Hillary Clinton as well. Yes. Yeah. And they allude to that in the show. And, uh, Linda Tripp is like, she His name's Vince. She's like, he would never, I would never, he would never do anything. She's just disgusted by even the thought of that. Like She was happy that he left her five M&Ms on a tray, according to the show. I don't know if that actually happened or not, but it's like, that's the level, like, that's the kind of thing that she thrives on. It's like, right. somebody noticed me here. And then I remember in the show, and I, again, I don't know if this was actually said or not, but um, I think it was the HR person that said the president doesn't even know who you are. Right. And that was like the the death blow or the death roll for Linda Tripp right there. Right, which had to be devastating, especially if she came from an administration in which I mean, they, they show, and it's an actual real photograph um, that they've recreated for the show. They show the picture of her between George Sr. Mm-hmm. and Barbara Bush yep. smiling broadly. It seems like they had, they had a very warm relationship, and she has a lot of nostalgia, and just she associates that with, people that took it seriously and that saw saw that the white house was a very important place and the thing is though i don't know that hillary clinton never not took it seriously correct you know and i just think that you know that women against women thing and that's why this 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 viewpoint is going to be so interesting because all of the women right now are protagonists but in the end they all become villains right Hillary Clinton is still the villain to this day. Like we said earlier, it's America's like national pastime to hate Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's probably the most, 
I think she's still the most divisive politician out there. Yeah. She, um, to put it nicely is that she's polarizing. Very. Yeah. Um, and I, I have, I have a very difficult time believing with, now mind you, some of the smartest women out there have been fooled from a philandering husband, but it's, it's more along the lines of, in my mind, I know it's happening. I know there's something happening, but unless it bubbles up too much, I'm not bringing it to his attention. When it, be, when it starts to interfere with things, right? then it's going to be brought to my attention. But I have a hard time believing that she does not. I feel like she knew of every single situation at a certain degree. Because there were some really, really egregious things that happened before Clinton even <laughs> became governor. Like there were allegations of rape, which have been... Right debunked or still right um paula jones jennifer flowers yes. all of that and can we talk about the paula jones character oh that, my that god is the best casting so it is played by annalee ashford mm-hmm. annalee ashford was i think she was last in the versace story was she really yeah she played um at one point um andrew Cunanan is kind of shacking up she's a little bit wealthy she lives with her husband. Yes. And it's, yes. it's, 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 they're good friends, yeah. but he definitely loves like being there mm-hmm. and, and checking up there because he's always like, he can show it off as his place. Yeah. He shows yeah. it off his place. He wears the dude suits right. behind his back. Yeah. That's where I um, know her from. But I know she's a Broadway, um, there's a Broadway parallel. I don't know what show she was in, but she's been in, she's been in some Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen someone who looks more like Paula Jones. I know. And even the, she has the voice down. And oh, my God. And, like, just, like, from interviews I've heard with Paula Jones, like, just the the innocence that comes through with it's you know, her, the earnest way that she says things. And she, like, it's just like, well, I just want an apology. Like, right. Who, who doesn't believe that? Exactly. And I think it's one of these... It shows how different attitudes were just in the 90s, in the early 90s, about um, who's at fault here. There's an entire press conference in which which her lawyers um, devise because she's all she wants, and she does not want to go public with it, really. She wants that apology from Clinton because during the campaign trail in Arkansas... Mm-hmm. He essentially lured her up to his hotel room um, and pulled that dick out and asked her to do something with that dick. So it's all all written down, y'all. The funniest thing about that is, though, that her husband came forward at one point and said she should be believed because... He can attest that she does not even do that for him. <laughs> <laughs> and she is she is a remarkably innocent and naive person. And I always felt like that. Not just with the portrayal on this show, but if you go back and look at these early interviews, mm-hmm. um, you know, this isn't someone who's been highly media trained. This is someone who's just like, this is bullshit. And... I just want an apology. I want an apology. This shouldn't have... I mean, she was truly victimized. It is, yeah. it is 
it is a sexual assault when that happens to you. We weren't talking about it like that. And then if you watched the media um, who show up at this press conference was literally what the things that you were reading on every newspaper, mm-hmm. the type of victim blaming of like, right. so why did you go up? There? Why did you go up there? I mean, how many times I remember, I know rest in peace. You can't say anything bad about Kobe Bryant, but I remember that rape trial mm-hmm. and, um, that was kind of blown under the uh, carpet there, but they couldn't, they, they refused to believe that a girl who had sexual activity within the same week with someone else could be raped and the fact that she went into Kobe Bryant's hotel room Mm -hmm. well then that was literally her saying I can't be assaulted right so it was the same type of attitude with that of well you're worth a shit now because you went in there what are you stupid? What are you naive? And it's like, what are you saying? Yeah. You're saying that the fucking president of the United States, it's okay, or really for any man, to do what he did to her? Exactly. And the thing is, you can't be a woman in, in this country and be sexy without doing it wrong. Oh, or exactly. Have, or have sexual agency without doing it wrong. <laughs> because all you're trying to do is just rain down hellfire on everybody. Like, the second that a woman wants to have sex with somebody or doesn't, She's doing it wrong. Exactly. Absolutely doing it wrong. And if you, here's the thing. The media was, and I'm sure it's going to get deeper into this as this series um, continues, but the media was brutal. Brutal to Paula Jones. They were like, they made fun of her big nose. They called her ugly. They, they talked so much shit against this woman that had nothing to do. She was just seen. They're like, oh, look at her. She's just trying to profit, profit mm-hmm. from this. Yeah. Trying to profit from this. Yeah. It's just another one of Bill's girls, mm-hmm. which they would call mm-hmm. these women. But, okay, so there's Bill's girls. Why not look at Bill? <laughs> He's the common denominator here. Like, why? That just blows my mind. Unless you, but unless you were, unless you were far right... Yeah. You really weren't saying, your Ann Coulters were saying things, and your people who were far right, but especially at that age with me, I wanted, there's no way I would have been able to be able to be associated or think that they could be right in any way. Right. I couldn't, as I've gotten older, I see there are nuance. It's yes. things are not black and white, <laughs> Teresa. But I'm like, this is the first person I voted for. He can't be bad. No, I know. <laughs> he can't it's be like, a sex monster. It's like, yeah. You picked up the rock and you found out there's bugs underneath. Right. I'm like, you know what? People are complex. You know, you can be a sex monster. You can also do great things for women. (laughs) Like, he gave us RBG. Right. Like, he had more women in his cabinet. That's right. Whether that's out of his, you know, whatever his kinks are, (laughs) which is fine, you know, just keep it in your pants and not at work. Like, that's really it. You know, like, you have these 22 year old or younger or a little bit older, but 20-something interns. And it's like, maybe that's the time you start kind of reeling it in a little bit. And I know that from everything I've read and heard, Monica instigated it. She told him she has a crush on him. And that's where it should have ended. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't, yeah. That and doesn't and that, it, you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't give you, you permission. You shut it. You just shut it down. 
you know, if you have to move her out, you move her out. And then she learns that you don't say things like that to your boss. Yeah, you, you just don't. Yeah, you absolutely shut it down. And that was something that was something new that people were trying to, in to a way, their heads around. grapple like, this with. This woman has sexual agency. What is this? Like, who does this? Like, it's... That's just sad. I know, I know. Um, no, well, and I was working, like I said, this was my first professional job worked with a lot of younger people and I worked with people some people that were a director Mm -hmm. and they were like old to me because they were like almost 40 yeah and I remember the one girl who was having an affair with this person who was in her 20s and everybody kind of was like laughing about it blah 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 I mean it's something it's shit that would not happen today Mm -hmm. like I didn't even I, I was too young to realize until I worked for a big Corporate. I worked for a big corporation. Um, like five years after that, it's like, oh no, no. See if that hap- that is supposed to be shut down. Yeah. If it does happen, it needs to be disclosed to yeah. HR. Like all of these things. It's it's things that I did not even realize with power dynamics or anything like that. But like, what HR director does the president have to report to? Like that's the thing. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's not the same, but it was something that people really weren't. I guess I think I, I maybe it's because he was the president, but people had a lot easier time forgiving this. It's like, <laughs> but it you know, and you have to think too. Like even the French president had a mistress, and everybody knew. Okay, you know JFK, Warren Harding. You know I like you don't expect Bill Clinton to be like Richard Nixon. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Right. But it, it's like this happens, and it, it just I think people were just sort of like, well. It's sort of that thing, like, well, what was she wearing? That kind of deal. You but know? was it this? I, I think it was the fact also, and it'll come out, of the people, the handlers that knew about it. George Stephanopoulos was one of them. Yeah, yeah. sweet little. And who, I don't know who the guy is playing George Stephanopoulos. He's sort, he looks like, what's his face? Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Jerry something. Not Jerry Seinfeld. He was like a big '90s actor, and that's in, in immediately. Jonathan Silverman. He gave me a Jonathan Silverman I can vibe. See that. Let me a little bit. I wanted him to be shorter. This is the thing about George Stephanopoulos, who I adore. I've always loved the Stephanopoulos, who is married to a comedian, um, and I forget her name, but um, he was a diminutive man. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. That's yes, that. yes, he looked. Yes, he this 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 actor is a little bit too tall, but yeah. Um, but folks knew about the stuff going on and the fact that I, I guess, uh, where is this going to happen? I mean, what, what looks worse? At least it, he kept it in his office. You I know? mean, does like, it look worse if you're conducting an affair in the Oval Office or if you go and find a hidden hotel? Yeah. Neither one. Has very good optics, but like, I mean, at least it's sort of like that thing where the mom is like, if you guys are going to drink alcohol, I'd rather you do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think when you, oh God, this is the part that makes me a little sick. Um, It's, it's the fact that you know that she was like, he didn't have to do shit. He literally... Did not have to do shit. He was just being serviced. And in her mind, this was love. In her mind, this was 
acceptance. This was well, not not all the way through because she at some point she was getting frustrated with him. She called him out a few times and said, "Why have you never asked me about anything about myself?" And so then he stammered and was like, "Well, what are you majoring in?" You know, like just small talk to try right. to keep the peace kind of thing. So it's just, I'm sure all this will come out, and I'm really interested to see how they portray it in the show, um, because it's been kind of consistent through the podcasts and the articles and things that I've read, but it's, I'm just really excited to see how they do this. Yeah, I... And I, I'm just, uh, again, back to the, the women as the protagonists here, like kind of that trifecta of Hillary Clinton, Linda Tripp, and Monica Lewinsky, and just kind of seeing how their narratives steer the story. Right. Because all of them come out as villains. Hillary literally had nothing to do with any of this, and people hated her <laughs> because she didn't leave him. Right. You know? she, yeah, she definitely couldn't have won in any... In any way. In any way whatsoever. And, um, you know, she would have left him because then she was already hated because she didn't change her name right away to just Clinton. She was this radical person in Arkansas who was just too big for her britches. And, you know, she's this women's lib person who's out there burning bras while, you know, the women should be at home baking bread. And then she did the conservative thing and didn't leave. She right. kept her family together and she was villainized for that too. Yeah. So she couldn't win. Whether you like Hillary Clinton or not in that position, she could not win. Yeah. And the, I think what's going to be pretty interesting about all of this is looking at the justification with the different players. With we're going to go for we're going to go for the throat here because it's the means to an end, right? Yeah. Because that was really the big when this was happening, that was the big conversation that was going around that like well, they're doing this for a reason, and ever. But the general public, honestly, regardless where they fell on the political spectrum, was just like you could you couldn't hear the word intern without cringing. You, you couldn't, couldn't hear cigar without giggling. And right. I remember, like, why is are, are all the adults laughing about cigar? Like, I just and if you don't know what that is, look it up. I'm sure you'll find it. I'm not going to talk about it, but it has to do with something sexual with a cigar. Yeah, it happened. It happened. And for a long time, that's what I associated with cigars. Cigar. It was just what had legs and what stuck and what played in the media. But it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because with Ryan Murphy, like he didn't necessarily, with the OJ Simpson um, documentary or docuseries, the, the limited series he did, um, the first crime story installment. He didn't really shy away from the fact that, I mean, of course, O.J. was acquitted and all of that, but he didn't shy away from showing all the evidence to the contrary. No. You know, and he didn't make any bones about, you know, O.J. was, and that's a whole other conversation. Right. That O.J. was acquitted and he's innocent and this and the other thing. He made no bones about everything else to the contrary. So I'm really interested to see how he portrays Clinton in all of this. Um, or if it's just going to be more of the same, like, where the women ended up kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the more... <laughs> Clive Owen, English actor Clive Owen, is, I find, unrecognizable. They have a big old... You only see him at this episode at the very end when um, he calls Monica. He looks terrifying. And he looks... He's got a potato nose... A potato prosthesis. I mean, the prosthesis going on in the show between it's, it's 
It's a lot. It's a, a, a bit of like a graphic novel kind of thing. Like it, it just keeps reminding me of Watchmen, the movie. Like I yeah. mentioned earlier um, before we started recording that when they showed the full Clinton face, it looks like how how much of a caricature they made out of Richard Nixon right. in Watchmen. Like it, it's like a caricature of Bill Clinton. I don't know if that's on purpose for whatever the reason. Or no, it looks like you're watching a political cartoon, but you're watching actors play the political. the voice, though. Yeah, like, the voice is the most important thing because the voice is what's going to really resonate in future episodes because I'm sure you do not forget Sorry, we were just a little interrupted there. But, um, yeah, we were talking about the law mind. The, it's like the legalisms because when he goes on trial, at one point, and I hope they show this on this, he is, like, asking about what the definition of the and we is in reference to I questions. And I'm like, are are we going to go into a semantical jungle right now? Well, that's where it came in because Paula Jones's lawyers got him, like, that's where the perjury came from because they got him on um, the meaning of what a sexual encounter is or something to that effect. Right. So he said, and when they were asking him to fill out that form or whatever about the Monica issue, um, he had in his mind, and I, this, you know, the Clintons are very smart. They're always, you know, it's, it's like it or like it or not they're just that calculating that he had the Paula Jones lawyers um definition of sex the the penetrative act right and that is what he took to mean sexual Sexual relations. relations and they did not so he said no and that's where they tried to get him on a technicality because did they define it as only penetrative, penetrative from a penis to a vagina, or did they, was it even, or was he it not was, even thinking? No, this is actually what it was. So the the definition that the Jones lawyers had was touching your partner's genitals with the intent of arousal and enjoyment, something to that end. So if you look at it, Clinton never did anything to, for Monica's enjoyment. If you read the Star Report, it's all... Correct. So in his mind, with that definition, he did not do that to Monica. She did that to him. Right. And that's where all the technicalities and the the issue of the... um, Except the cigar. The cigar is the proxy in this. But who... uh, Who was that for? Who was that for? Exactly. Well, you would think it would maybe be for her. A little, but it it was definitely for him. It was for him. God, he is a dirty dick. (laughs) I'm not trying to be gross, but my God. But just just how ingenious it all is. Like, you have to just take pause at how, like, it's sick, it's disgusting, and it's so just calculating and, you know, almost evil. Like, it really is. You know, like, this poor woman had her whole life laid bare, and he's like... I never came, or she never came, so I I didn't have sex with her. And again, mid-90s, to think that just this limitations and, not limitations, but this narrow definition of, I'm going to be really specific about me having sex with her. Mm -hmm. I only define sex, and you only define sex like this. Now, it would come out after this, and 
and the narratives around what is sex after this very much changed because it was like oral sex is sex and a lot of parents were very uncomfortable for years after all this came out and i'm like and it is it it is a conversation that i was like i think this needs to be had somebody needs to say something about this in the right manner like we have to have a meaningful conversation about what all this means. Right. I mean, it's like the girls for a while. I think I saw a Law and Order SVU episode about this. But, you know, it's always based on a true story. Dun, where dun, dun, dun. <laughs> where uh, Stabler and Olivia were visiting some private school. Yes. And they were trying to figure out which girl was pregnant there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the one girl is like, well, you know, we only have, we only have sex from the back. Because we're keeping our vaginal um, virginity. <laughs> so there was, they were like, but that's sex. They're like, oh, no, it doesn't count if it's anal sex. It so, actually, like, double counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, literally, if you're doing some type of point structure. That's up there. Oh, it is definitely <laughs> up there. <laughs> that is a, I'm like, good God. <laughs> I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I was not doing in high school. I know. But, I mean, if it prevents pregnancy, you know what? Right, whatever. More power to you. Yeah, but I... But still, like, it is, it is, it is. Right. But it, I think that's just one of the more interesting things to come out of all of this, because I remember a lot of parents being really uptight after this for a long time. Like, they were just walking around with, like, red faces. Like, don't ask questions, just don't ask any oh no it's kind of horrifying because you're like this is on every news station you can't escape it and also i think what was so and i'm sure they're going to go into it so paula jones is probably in her 30s i'd say she's in her mid 30s i'm not sure what age she was when the controversy happened the jennifer flowers who hasn't been introduced yet was in her 40s and even the character, the Linda Tripp character played by Zara Paulson says something along the lines of, well, it's not his type yeah. being Monica because Monica is really young. Yeah. She's really young when this begins. And even though I would debatably say Paula Jones is young. Um, Monica is like a baby. She's a baby. She's very vulnerable. I remember looking next to my friend when I was watching this going, she is our age. Mm-hmm. Or she was our age when this started. And I'm like, so imagine this for a second. Just put yourself in her position. And again, you have this crush on this guy who's the leader of the free world. And he's paying attention to you. And that was the that was the crazy thing though because you would I would have had these heated discussions with friends and they're like I would never I'm like yes, you can't you say would. yes you, you would. cannot say what you would or would not okay, have done so it's, if it's not Bill Clinton what if it's George Clooney what if it is right you know it's somebody in it's power somebody in power and there's something about it that is just intoxicating you, intoxicating it makes you feel important it makes you feel like you've Seen. got to say in things right when she might have not had that her entire life and all of a sudden she does she's got the attention of the leader of the free world right and he's seeking her out can yeah we, uh, switching topics though can we talk about the casting yes please show? please so thoughts 
I am so interested with the casting of Edie Falco as Hillary Clinton because it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be Carmella in a pantsuit. And either one is going to be terrifying. Yeah. I'm excited. The first thing I thought of, obviously, when I saw her, because you, you only see her one time in this first episode while she's reapplying some lipstick in and she's in the general bathroom she's in the the trip cannot handle it (laughs) because she's in the gen pop bathroom (laughs) she's like imagine that who would do this (laughs) and she's like putting on lipstick and what have you and um yeah it's hard to not look at her and not see carmella let's face it iconic role 90s edie falco is always going to be carmella yes i also think of her on 30 rock when she yeah on 30 rock she plays a character named Cece who works for the clinton administration post well when clinton's working in harlem (laughs) after he's been out of office because jack always makes fun of her Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh that's weird yeah that's right i for me it's going to be the voice because i hear edie falco she's got such a like a noticeable and recognizable yeah. voice and that accent and her cadence and like the way she punctuates words and the syntax. So and Hillary Clinton does too, but I just, it's going to either work or it's not. Like I said, it's either going to be right. Hillary or it's going to be Carmela in a pantsuit. I see her. Which I'm kind of excited for. I'm a- fine <laughs> with it. I'm fine with it. I think she's, I mean, they're definitely going to be taking poetic license mm-hmm. with this. If you've seen the pre- previews because you see her like throwing like a, a vase i mean i'm not saying that didn't happen i'm sure she's thrown many vases at bill clinton over the years who wouldn't love to do that no no shit i would have probably <laughs> already tried to stab him while he was sleeping a couple times mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure she's had fantasies about that she's he's got the secret service at her disposal if, and again if the clintons wanted somebody gone if hillary wanted somebody gone, they'd be gone clinton would have been bill would have been gone already I'm sure. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I'm excited for that casting. I'm blown away by Linda Tripp as um, Sarah Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp. Yeah. She's Ryan Murphy's darling, as everyone knows. She's been in every season of American Horror Story. Except one. She She was was not in the last one, I think. She sat that one out. Oh, she wasn't in the one that is, is like the horror, like the... It's very much the 80s horror movie at oh, the, the at Sleepaway was, Camp. Yeah, the slasher film one. Yeah. She wasn't in that one. And yeah, we only, I only got through a couple of episodes of that one. Yeah. Because she was doing Ratchet. Yes. Which was equally as terrifying. Yes. As and Ratchet. another Ryan Murphy. Yeah. I mean, she never has to work outside of him. Um, but she also deserves it, though, because she... Because she's not Sarah Paulson as she becomes like no she becomes these characters yeah she the voice her, her Linda Tripp voice nailed it I listened back to some interviews with Linda Tripp this week just to kind of yeah um, you know study up on the the history and things and the voice was right there yeah I mean it's down to <laughs> in in the walk and yeah the her walk. threatening the one woman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm terrified of this woman. Yeah. You could feel her anger when, mm-hmm. you know, when she gets voted off the island, essentially, mm-hmm. and gets pushed to the Pentagon. I'm excited for her. I'm excited. I, I want to see more of Clive Owen as the president. It's, it's I hope I get used to it. I hope. Are they going to keep him in shadows? I feel I like they're going to keep so. him in sepia tones and shadows. I feel like he's going to be almost a minor character. In all of this, he's he's kind of like the great and powerful Oz. Yeah, he's behind the curtain, 
he's the whole he's like the fifth business you can't have the show without him but obviously because it's about you know it's about him, absolutely he doesn't have to be in every scene it's more about the women's experiences and i think that's kind of the angle they're going to take with this yeah and I, th- I think it'll be more effective if he isn't in every episode or just like a couple of seconds on screen because you know that that makeup's got to take a long time oh my god it seems like the nose alone um kobe smolders as i do i am not a fan of this chick Ann colder as Ann colder but her voice is she perfect like i closed my eyes and i've heard Ann colder speak i did not willingly it was a pr thing in which there was many people speaking and this is exactly how this woman sounds mm-hmm. um she's prettier than ann colder who is more of a idiot stick figure with no soul yeah <laughs> a very horsey yeah. a horse she just, horsemanship i would say she looks like she was dipped in wax <laughs> yes but she, goddamn, she believes in what she believes in. I, I admire that just you know if you're gonna be wrong be wrong all the way and, and so i will i will give that to her um the and then we have beanie feltstein who i've only seen in um i didn't even really know who she was before did you see this. book smart no i meant to see it but i did not you would love it she beanie kind of gives me a bit of like a tracy turnblad vibe yes in this where she's just i'm waiting for her to like sing good morning baltimore basically yeah. well i'm even going back to like the the uh original hairspray like with divine yeah like i'm waiting for something like that but i just i got those vibes off of her which i don't hate which i love it's very she's very endearing like you just want to pull her to the side and be like honey he's just not that into you right like Like, this ain't nothing mm -hmm. this ain't nothing don't do this but i think and i thought this was so monica in real life is pretty tall um i'm not saying she's i'm not she's not super tall but she is not as short as Beanie. Yeah, that's maybe where I got the Tracy yeah. Turnblad thing. Yeah, so Beanie, and which makes her more endearing, mm-hmm. and you almost want to protect her. You want to just put your arms around yes. her and, you know. Um, her big eyes, and you're just like, oh, my God, they're going to rake you over the coals. Yeah, you just wanted to just take her hand and take her away and be like, sweetie, no. You're like, please don't go. for you. Don't go down this road. Don't please do don't it. go down this road. Mm-hmm. Um, because she does bring up with Linda near the end of the episode because their start, Linda is seeking her friendship out pretty much. Um, and you, you soon find out like she's mentioning kind of about being lonely in DC and how she misses her friends and what have you. And you can definitely see how that's going to play in. There's, yeah, it's more of an, I, I mean, it's definitely a friendship of opportunity. You know, it's, Linda's just as much of a predator to Monica as. Oh, Bill she's, was. I mean, she's got. She's vicious, she's really. She's agenda. She doesn't care. She's just trying to get the tapes. And she's, and you'll come to find out um, that she gets, she, before she starts taping her. Before she starts wiretaping their conversations, she know she finds about finds out different stories, mm-hmm. and she finds ways to get Monica to repeat these stories to and her. If you're 22 years old and you're in love with somebody and it's unrequited, or you're you, going to have mentionitis. You are. You just want to talk about it every chance you get. Yeah, because again, 
she is the tunnel vision with Bill mm-hmm. Clinton. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. It was all, again, he's this narcissist. It's his ego. I am sure this was in a way heady for him, even though he's had affairs with other people. I mean, there's nothing like. Well, she sought him out. He didn't right. have to do any of the work. He had to do enough to keep her interested. So his secretary would send her gifts every so often. Or if he'd see her at a party or a function, he would remember she exists and he'd call her. And for her, that's enough. Right. I don't know who yet. We haven't been introduced to Ken Starr. I don't know who's playing Ken Starr. But I don't either. I'll have it on the website, though. <laughs> so um, I was really pleasantly surprised to see Colin Hanks. Or, yeah, Colin Hanks. Yes. He's never going to be anything but Colin Hanks. Like, he's just, he's like that Tom, like, Tom Hanks is this character. Like, Colin Hanks is going to have that kind of notoriety. Right. But I was still very excited to see he was in this. He's part of Ken Starr's team. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's, this first episode, the way, really the way it, the way it begins, because then it kind of goes into a flashback, is if you just put yourself in her shoes, how terrifying mm-hmm. this would be. I, I I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine having that wave of panic. Panic, and I've been betrayed. Mm-hmm. And what the hell is going to happen to me? And now something's seriously wrong because the FBI is trying to put me in a hotel room. Right. I mean, it's it's amazing that this it's amazing that this happened. I mean, it really. It just. Like I couldn't imagine something like this happening today. Like if this happened to Stormy Daniels. Holy shit. You know, it would be a blip on the radar right. sure, with this, these news cycles these days. But just in the early night or, you know, mid 90s coming out of the 80s where everything was so buttoned up and conservative mm-hmm. coming out of like the satanic panic and all of that. And, you know, the fight for good family values. All of a sudden here comes this 22 year old giving the president blowjobs and <laughs> the world is ending. Like, And that's the thing. People forget that that. You know, everything with politics is cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. So we had eight years of, you know, we had eight years of Bushisms and, you know, lies and (laughs) deceptions and whole other ways, but very much conservative, very much a conservative agenda. Mm -hmm. People get sick and tired of that. Things move the other way. We saw it with Trump, you know. The, you know, it was an Obama backlash that we end up with Trump. And mm-hmm. we also saw Hillary up there yeah. trying to become president of the mm-hmm. United States, which never was, was never going to happen. The Democrats failed on that. Mm-hmm. They put the wrong per- I'm not saying she can't do it. I'm just saying She's- people remember this shit and they blame her for this mm-hmm. and they blame her for everything. I mean, she really is a, the, like... She's our national scapegoat. I mean, for everything. (laughs) And, well, you got vegan eating Bill now that, I mean... He's vegan now? Now he's vegan. He had a couple heart attacks. He was... You remember those early days of Chunky Bill? Yeah. Those first four years? But he ran a lot, though. Yes. He ran to... That's another thing. I was The like, McDonald's, and he yeah, got the that's French... That's right. That's another reason I was supposed to like Bill Clinton, because he was out running, and he had his little shorts on, and his hats, and all that stuff. I liked him because he literally was always struggling, like, between... He was working out, but he was like, I love my fried food. And I was like, he's so human. And I remember... <laughs> to parma pierogies when i was in elementary school there you go everybody freaked out they were so excited i mean 
That's endearing. It is. Like, he's, he was just, he's just that kind of mer- mercurial person where it's like, you know, on one end, he's, he's disgusting. <laughs> it, it's just what it is. He, yes. You know, he loves women to the point where it's, it's assault. You know, you Speaking can, of fuckboy island. Yeah, he was the original. <laughs> but it's I the mean, mayor. He was even quoted as saying, like, he was asked once, um, you know, what is his, his, his idol was John F. Kennedy. And that's apparent in many ways. But his, he was asked once, you know, what would you want to go and ask John F. Kennedy? Right. You could. And his real answer was, how did you do it? Meaning all of the affairs. but his his actual answer that was printed or for the press was you know what's it like to be president of a country that's divided or you know just something president exactly exactly but that's fascinating um i'm not sure i'm gonna have to look more into the cast but i'm excited to be i'm excited to be surprised to see who's going to be playing who. Margot Mar- Martindale's already great. She plays a literary agent, but I don't know the person's name. But she's a breath of fresh air. I love that woman. I love her smoking in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. When, and when she puts out the cigarettes, like... On the butter tray. Yeah, she's like, everything's Berkeley, California now. I'm like, my God, the early 90s when you could smoke in restaurants. It's just... Yeah, the it smoking seems like, section. Yeah, the smoking section. It seems like forever ago. But yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to, if you guys check out the website, popcultureover70.com, I will have the whole cast list up there and some more information and just some good additional items that will help with watching this and will maybe kind of fill in some gaps. Ryan Murphy, this is a dramatic representation. But it's pretty true to form right, right now. And Monica Lewinsky is an executive producer she on this. She is, yes. Which is interesting, but apparently she is not keeping out some of the more uncomfortable aspects that she... She had to rewatch it with her therapist to get through some of the more triggering stuff <sighs> I read. So it's, we're, I think we're really going to get into it. So, yeah, and if people don't know this, and I will link it if I can find it, there was... um. Monica really rebranded herself about 10 years ago. She went on a speaking circuit. She did a TED Talk about, um, really about shame and reputation. And um, she's become an anti-bullying advocate. If you had, even if you weren't, if you go back and look at the way they covered her, I can't believe she didn't try to kill herself, to be honest. I would be so devastated to have this many just the general public attacking me in this manner. But it is the American way to monetize on things, so I'm glad that she took that path. Right, and her TED Talk is very impressive, Mm -hmm. and she did a lot of speaking arrangements, and I think she really, um, she took back her own narrative. Yeah. And she's able with being, and she's about my age now, and she's really able to look at things in a very different perspective now with distance, growing up, um, you know, and she says in interviews, just shaking her head, like, I, you know, I did that. I can't believe I did that, but I did that. But she, she was just a 22 year old to the nth degree. She had access. Correct. And, you know, like we've all been there. We just didn't have that kind of. I did dumb ass things when I was 22. Everybody's that, stupid when they're 22. That, thank God we're not. I, d- still, do, I still do dumb shit. <laughs> Honestly, <God. laughs> 
you know, none of us can say what we would have done in her place because we don't know. Exactly. We've never had that. And I, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility that none of us would have, wouldn't have done the same thing. Right. Or wouldn't do the same thing. Again, it, that charisma, mm-hmm. it's, it's overpowering. So, listen, if this does not entice you, I don't know what does, but uh, check out Ryan Murphy's American Crime Story Impeachment on Tuesdays. There'll be an episode tonight because this is airing on Tuesday. So you might have to go back and watch the first one. Um, And to learn more about Anna, go to my contributors page. And there's a little bio, a little bling there, information about Anna. Anna, why do I keep on calling you Anna? I've been called worse. It's fine. Is Anna from Frozen? I think so. That's why. Because I was really excited to be considered a nice princess. And somebody <laughs> told me it was, it was pronounced an entirely different <laughs> Well, shit. <laughs> it's nice to pretend. Well, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thank I you br- for indulging my 90s obsession. Yes, I have the right guest host this Ugh. week. It's great. So, yeah, go in and check that out. And um, until next week, talk to you later, popsters.